Yes, it is Sunday, August the 2nd at 2 p.m. And this is a special edition of Altitude Adjustment, a weekly podcast about people, politics, and professions. And we have a special show for you today. Coming up next, we're going to introduce our special guest. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. So welcome, everybody. Can you hear me? Hello. All right, so. Yeah, hello, welcome, hello, welcome. <laughs> hello, hello. So we're gonna turn it, we're gonna turn the introductions over to Warren. Take it away. <clears throat> All right, good afternoon, everybody. This is Magic Man 50, Warren. Uh, today's guest is a St. Louis native. He graduated from McKinley High School uh, where he currently mentors students. He's also a freelance photographer with 24 years experience. He's a motivational speaker. He's an event marketing specialist, and he also has a business. He's the chairman uh, and CEO of the Betterment Road Incorporated, a 501c3 corporation. Welcome to the show, Mr. Marvin Glenn. How you doing? I'm doing great, sir. Thank you for everybody that's on the uh, airwaves today. I really appreciate this opportunity to, uh, you know, be seen and be heard, you know, by millions and millions of people. Yeah, millions and millions of people. You are truly optimistic, brother. <laughs> you are optimistic. We love having you on. You keep coming back. <laughs> And we're gonna build this up. We're gonna right. build this up. You, but That's you didn't right. say you didn't say I was gonna be seen by millions and millions of people. You <laughs> said I'm thankful for being seen by millions and millions of people. Well, he's oh, got yeah. that winning attitude. But I like that yeah, I like that positive it. attitude. You will be Absolutely. seen by millions. Um and so we'll get there one day. <laughs> but we're working on it. Trust I, me. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So Marvin, um, I'll just start off by asking you a few uh, uh, questions that I had written down. Uh, Leon is definitely going to grill you, so be ready. But my <laughs> first question is, <laughs> what led you to create your uh, organization, The Betterment Road? Tell us a little bit about that and what it's all about. Well, it started like when I was uh, back in my teen years. You know, as I was coming up, I started seeing a lot of disadvantages for myself as well as some of my uh, community members. And yeah. as I started going further along, you know, I lost my mom in 2012 and lost my dad in 2016. So it was just one of those things where I was sitting back, you know, saying, you know, asking questions, you know, and sometimes, you know, I was like, you know, how do I go on, you know, without my parents? And then right in the middle of creating it, my grandmother passed. So going mm -hmm. into 2017 and we start putting everything together right around about the beginning of 2018. Well, anyway, mm -hmm. long story short, I started looking at the things that I need to do. I was just coming from a divorce, going through a lot of little different ups and downs and things like that. So sometimes, you know, you get inward to your thinking and sometimes that can be good. Sometimes that can be bad. But I started looking at how I can help others. And, you know, through giving, through uh, any kind of uh, philanthropy, uh, uh, philanthropy, I'm sorry, uh, I started, you know, this uh, doing firstly at McKinley, I started like this uh, working with the basketball team, 
Uh, we started, uh, you know, giving out waters and chips and stuff like that. Then we started okay. working with the recreational centers in the area, you know, like Booter and Twelfton Park and Tandy and Wolves and places like that. So I would just go out and say, hey, how do I start this? You know, because okay. I know the kids didn't have those little snacks and stuff like that because, you know, city is going through what they're going through uh, now and back then. So I said, well, how can I be of some kind of service? You know, because I was just getting started. And then one of the things that really set the table for this organization is that a dear friend of mine, alumni, uh, name was Lisa Woods. She lost her son to violence, gun violence. Mm -hmm. And his name was Kendrick Isaiah Woods. So I created a Kendrick Isaiah Woods Academic Scholarship. And you know, the first year it was really, really nice. I had the whole experience. I, you know, had the uh, pleasure of sitting down with the uh, principal at that time, was uh, Stephen Warmick, and uh, he he just opened the door for me, and, and he made it easy, you know, mm -hmm. to give back and do all the things I want to do with my alma mater. But then, unbeknownst to me, when I lived in uh, North County. He worked at a uh, he worked at a Penn Station. I used to always go in there and get a sandwich from him and everything. And uh, he would always take care of it, you know. And I always say, "Could I get a little extra meat on that sandwich?" And he would just hook it up. So, <laughs> so at that point, I went on and on and on seeing him. And then I left him over that way after I got divorced. And then I was like, "Man, I'm gonna come back over here one day, and I'm just gonna just give me a sandwich, you know." And I seen him. And then after that, I heard that he heard that he got killed. Wow. Now, mm. mind you, mind you, I did not know the connection that he had on the south side. I grew up with his mom. I grew up with his cousins. And it just blew me away when I was at the funeral. So mm. when I came to her, I just said, hey, this is what I want to do. And I just started working on it, started doing the scholarship, and then everything else started really, really coming together after that. So now, you know, with this event that I got coming up on August the 8th, uh, it's, it's called Another Part of Us Voter Registration Experience. And that's going to be on August the 8th, and that's going to be at the Polish Heritage Center, 1413 20th Street. And uh, we're going to open up the doors at 3 p.m., but we're just asking... Uh, you know, for the young 18-year-olds and older, you know, to come out and register to vote. And all okay. they really need to do is, uh, you know, bring, make sure they have their driver's license or state ID and uh, proof of uh, current residency. Okay. So what it sounds like you're saying is at the time when you were going through a lot of personal struggles and challenges and life was hitting you kind of hard, you came outside of yourself and felt the need to reach out to others and also at the same time, help other people. And this led to you creating this business. Is that kind of what happened? Sort yes, of a self-therapeutic thing. Yes, 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 yes. Helping others and helping myself. Because like I, I got a saying, when I speak to people, don't think I'm just preaching at you or talking to you, it's helping mm -hmm. me. Okay. You know, so I've been able to, uh, you know, be able to open up those doors because, you know, with somebody losing their life or some uh, uh, person who's lost a family member or something like that, I can understand. Because mm -hmm. any other time you wouldn't understand. But I can I can say I understand now, you know, 
lost my dad, my mom, you know, grandmother, you know, some, I just recently lost a cousin, you know, the gun violence. So just to go through all that is it's, uh, it's, it's tough. It's tough. But then, you know, I get to the point of understanding more and more about what it is and how I can help. And that's a big part of, uh, the betterment road, you know, yeah. counseling and motivation and counseling. Hmm. Well, they, they say that experience is sometimes the best teacher. And so it sounds like you have some experience that's really helped you uh, be able to reach out to people and, and offer some help or, or guide you in some areas that you might be able to uh, reach people. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Because uh, what I have seen, especially now, you know, with the boycotting and everything is that we got to reach out to our young folks. And uh, we got to be able to have some kind of platform for them. And uh, my thing right now is I don't want to talk at them. I want to talk with them so we can engage and get ourselves uh, back to building what our communities need to be. You know, we all can attest to that, that we knew what community was when we were coming through. So what would you say are some of the biggest challenges that you face today in trying to do things uh, as far as reaching out and helping people? Well, right now, uh, communication. Communication is always going to be hard when you're talking about an older person trying to talk to a younger person. You would think that would be easy, but the communication and then and then resources. You know, resources are always going to be a little tough because if you can tell somebody that you have a car for them versus, you know, I'll just buy you a sandwich. You know, they'll be like, okay, I can get a sandwich anywhere. If you don't buy me a car, I'm going to listen. You know, you gonna buy me some sneakers, I'll listen. You know, so right now I can't do all that. Right. But right now with this event, I think it'll be just a good little platform to kind of get them going, you know, because uh, we got Alderman that's going to be on the uh, event. And then we also have a hip hop artist, you know, a spoken word artist and another musician. And that's really right there in there, uh, you know, on their level. So I just want to make sure that I had something to bring to the table. So communication and resources, those are the two things that are kind of difficult at this time. Sure. So now you're currently in the city, correct? Yes, sir. So do you feel that the city has been helpful as far as providing some resources to what you want to do? I'm going to say half and half because I really spread myself between the Metro East city and the county and we're all they're all suffering they're all suffering mm -hmm. you know through this COVID 19 through the unrest through it's through a lot of challenges you know unemployment is high yeah a lot of different things that's going on so i would have to say you know it's 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 kind of hard to say one person is doing better than the other we all are at flat we, we almost like flat line you yeah. know Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Do you have anything, Leon? So um, let me start with uh, this event that you've got coming up. It's on the 8th, you say, right? Are you there? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, I'm here. So uh, your event coming up on the 8th. Um, What kind of what? So what you're doing is is you're you're having 
the 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 whole point of the event is voter registration. Correct. Correct. So, so you're having entertainment there. You're having uh, some. These are local artists, or are they national artists? Yeah. Now everybody's local. Okay, so you got local artists and you got local politicians coming together. Um, yes, sir. First, what prompted you to to to, to um, think to put together these particular people? So, like, well, it, you know, foremost, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, first and foremost, I had to look at what did I have at my disposal. Now, being a photographer, I've done that over twenty five years. So I had to kind of reach into my bag and figure out who I can bring to the table to help me reach the young folks. Because talking to them and saying, oh, I know you're going to vote. You're out there protesting everything. I know you're going to vote. I said, uh-uh. So I had to pivot. So what I wanted to do is I want to set the platform so I'll be able to have people who know about the political spectrum and then people who I knew that I knew was going to be able to reach them. So the first person I reached out to was a hip hop artist and his name is Draco. So with him, I knew that was going to be something that was going to really pull him in. Then I, I said, okay, well, I want somebody else that's going to kind of push the needle a little bit more. And that was the spoken word artist. Mm -hmm. And uh, that there, she's going to bring it. And then one young lady, her name is uh, Bill Darius. Let me, let me bag up. The spoken word artist, her name is X Blue Rain, and she is outstanding. But we have a violinist. Her name is Bill Darius, and this young lady, she's more like right in that mid-20s, close to 30 group. So I know that she would be somebody that can still be able to connect with them pretty much better than I could. But I knew I was going to just make sure that everybody had everything they needed to do their due diligence. And then when it came to the politicians, all these, these four, I don't even think nobody is over 30. If, if anything, maybe, you know, 31, 32. So I said, well, once I brought them in, I knew I'll have that balance. And that was the biggest thing. So, so for me, <clears throat> um, so when, when Warren brought up, you know, having you come on and there was a, there was a flyer that um that that i guess warren had gotten from you uh mm -hmm. highlighting who was coming you know who was going to be there who was going to speak who was going to play and so the first question that came to my mind was we were mixing politics and entertainment and then my concern was is that the only way that we can, or is that the most efficient or how good of a way is that to engage people to get them to vote? So in other words, have you done another an, uh, another event like this? Or is this the first one of it's this not, kind that you've done? This the first, first one. And that's why I call it the experience because I'm gonna get the experience as well on how this thing is gonna turn out. But I just said, you know, being able to reach into my bag for us, the people that I knew throughout St. Louis, I said, this is, this is, would be the perfect platform 
So, so but I'm always, but I will always be looking for something that's going to be better, you know, because you know nothing is, you know, perfect. So, but I know this would be something that's going to be significant. So, so do you know of anyone else that has done a similar event to this? Are you familiar <clears throat> with somebody that has done this not, event before, this type of event before? I would say not locally. Okay. I may have taken some of the I may have taken some of the ideas from what I may have seen possibly, you know, through some of the things I've seen President Obama do, some things I've seen some of the local I mean uh, national artists like, you know, some of the rappers, some of the other people where they kind of bridge the gap. Cuz I know I know President Obama brought a lot of that through his 8 years. He started mixing it up like when he have some of the events where he had politicians there, actors there, sports figures. So he just brought all the different things in there to get his point across. I understand that. that. So, so the question I'm having, what I'm trying to get at is how effective is something like this? How many people actually wind up coming to an event like this and registering to vote? Do you have any, any data on that? Do you have any, any idea how effective it is at getting people to participate in the political system? At this particular time, I don't have any data, but I think what I'm kind of, you know, leading towards is just the, the propensity of it. You know, the way the times are, how things are just happening around us. I'm hoping that it just jogs something, you know. Well, I, I understand that. I'm not, something. you know, first I don't want to, I don't want to seem that, that I'm saying that that these that these type of events aren't effective, and I'm not saying that that these type I don't know what the effectiveness is of these type of events are, and that's what I'm trying to get at. I'm trying to understand. Right. So, so in other words, we do these events, like you just pointed out. Um, uh, Barack Obama and the Democratic Party has done these events for a long period of time, since I don't know years, um, and. I don't know, I've never heard how effective they are. And so one could either assume that because so many of these events occur, that they're effective at getting the job done, or we could ask the question, are we just doing them because we've seen them being done without understanding their effectiveness at what we're trying to accomplish? Is that, does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And with that, I will always use that as a uh, linchpin to moving on forward to the next event that I put on and therefore. Right. And so, so what I would just have to say, but what I would have to honestly say is that I really feel that putting something on the table is going to benefit anything with an empty table. I, I, you know? I, I get what you're saying. And so, yeah. so what I, I want to so encourage really you. Yeah, what I want to encourage you is, <clears throat> is to track the number of um, unregistered voters that show up for your event and how many registered voters walk away from your event. Because that gives you an idea to at least a starting place for us to mm -hmm. understand as a community if these events are actually generating registered voters because my concern is 
when you mix entertainment with something. So in other words, people are using the entertainment to as a as a as honey to draw the fly. But if the fly doesn't, you know, participate, doesn't get registered, then the event just becomes a concert with politicians donating time. Is that, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm clearly above. I mean, I'm clearly on board of what you're saying and everything like that. But we've been doing like you said, we have been doing it. But I really feel like in this platform, we're going to have to keep on pushing it. I had to keep mm -hmm. on pushing it. So I will take for the uh, understanding of collecting data so I can get a better understanding as we move forward with this because it has been effective. You know, it has been effective, but we just, you know, we're never going to get nobody's perfection. We never right. I, get 100% I, you know, I don't, I don't want to seem like, so, so my background is business. My background is business. In business, you have to be able to measure what you're right. doing so that you need to so that you know if you need to continue doing it. If you right. don't know how effective your advertising is, then you could be throwing advertising dollars away. If you don't know how effective your your warehouse in Kentucky is, you could be throwing uh, money away. So you have to know all of the data about your your warehouse in Kentucky versus your warehouse in Nebraska and which one is better serving you and what your clients need and and if you need to move inventory that's in Nebraska to Kentucky so that you save dollars so that your company is better organized but you have to do that through data and that's all I'm I'm so I'm my attempt is to try to encourage you to be that person that steps up and starts tracking the data so that we know how effective these type of events are. Maybe rather than musical artists or, or uh, other type of artists, maybe um, we, have, we have an event where um, social workers and construction workers come in and give free, you know, seminars and politicians come in and we use some other combination of things in order to effectively reach these people. But we don't, if we don't know which is effective, if we don't know how many uh, people sign up when we have musical artists versus when we have um, construction workers, then we don't know which one is better. And so we right. could we could possibly be continuing to do something that's not effective unless we are able to measure our success rate. And as far as I know, I, I could I've done a search on it, but I've I have no idea how many people sign up from the I have no how many people um so Obama gave a general number of how many people uh they got um to register new voters. But they didn't break that down into uh, whether it was their concerts, whether it was their door-to-door -door campaign. They didn't break it down. So we don't know. So all I'm trying to do is for us to try to find a way to measure what is the most effective way to get people to register to vote and participate. 
I think your event's a great event, um, and I'm hoping that it works well. What I'm hoping is that most of the people that show up um, who are not registered to vote will register. And maybe there's things that we need to include in um, that, like, uh, so you have the singers come in, and maybe in order to uh, get into the free concert, they got to give their name and email address so that you can follow up with them and say, hey, we're just checking to see if you registered to vote. You know, you got to We got to well, we, you know, we can't we, we need to do something proactive because we have way too many people not registered to vote who are willing to come and listen to your concert. And maybe even sit through your politicians and then walk out of there and do nothing. Well, you know, that's true. And uh, what I do plan on doing is having, you know, all that data taken up and, and the things that I know I'm going to be able to do. Because after that, I really plan on doing some uh, smaller events that engage with the people who did come out and register to vote so we can keep that, plan, keep that uh, momentum going. Because That's I know right. we're not going to be able to do everything at that particular day. So, like I say, once it is, once again, it's just that time to put it together. You know, because this really came from my heart. It came from a lot of different things that was kind of like you know, like emotion. A lot of it came from my emotion. So I didn't really have a time to put a lot of thought into the data part and all that. I just wanted to put something together that gives them dual power. And that's and that's why we're we're talking. You know, right, I, right. And, 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 right. and I like that. You're like a big brother to me right now. I like that. But <laughs> well, thank you. What, but, but what was a good thing is that we all got to have that mindset. I was even saying that I want to put myself in place of like uncle, like an uncle to the young folks that do come out. Because I know it's going to be times where they're going to be like, some of them might be on the fence. Like you say, some might just come in, listen to everything and walk out. Some might get all the way to the very, very end, and then they register to vote. Instead of like, you know, okay, we all first come in, go right over there to that table and register to vote. Nope, I'm going to let everybody kind of flow and do what they need to do. But we're going to take the data of a lot of people that, that come in so we can have some uh, uh, more verbiage behind it because this is going to be something we're going to go past November. You know, we want to start even looking at things that we're going to do in 21, you know, 2021, you know, because the education on so many levels have to be up, upgraded. I mean, like what we do at our kitchen tables, what we do at our, on our porch, our back porch, all those conversations that we had with, you know, big brothers, the uncles, the grandfathers, all these different people, they had a very integral part of moving the needle in our communities. So mm -hmm. I really want to embrace that method and then also be able to have people like yourself, you know, Warren, like Leonard, be able to, I can come back and, you know, converse with you all and say, hey, you know what, give me some more of that information that you gave me, you know, because I'm still a sponge. I'm only 53 years old. So I'm, I'm I still got a whole lot of learning, you know, on top of my knowledge. So that's what I really look forward to doing, you know, being able to really engage with these young folks again to get in that understanding that, hey, you know what, the time is now for us to be a better community. That is the biggest thing right now. 
and that we can learn from each other. If we're giving ourselves the opportunity to talk to each other, not at each other, and that's where we really are at now. We're steady talking at each other. You know, just like right now. You tell somebody to put on a mask, suddenly it being something they understand, they feel like, you know, it's got to be a debate. And who want to debate? Because I'm not taking my mask off to talk to you. I'm keeping my mask on so I can protect me and you. So, um, so this is the, the first event. So, um, since you're a 501c3, did, um, did you get donations as far as, uh, so as you said, you've had limited resources, uh, and I know you've got, you got venue costs, you've got, uh, some costs for the artists. And I don't know if the politicians are helping you with some of the costs, you know, what, how are you, how are you financing this? Well, I, I had some private donations. But the majority of it came from just that, you know, because I wanted to set the table and I didn't want to have a lot of people dictating what I was going to do. So I had some private donations. And then with a lot of my events I've had in the past, because I've been doing uh, event planning for over 15 years. So most of the time, you know, you get donations here and there, but majority of it has been, you know, out of my pocket. So, and that's been a good thing because I've been able to be more creative that way and then to kind of be able to move the needle. So, mm. as I go further along, because we're only a year old, so, and then along with the COVID, it's been hard to get a lot of those grants and everything like that at this point in time. But that's something that we are working towards. Very good. So, uh, as you mentioned with the COVID, what, with the COVID, what is your expectations of your crowd size? I'm looking at, well, well, the place that I'm having it at the Polish Heritage Center, they're at 50%, about, I think they're about, probably about, I think right at about 50 to 60%. So, so I'm, I'm kind of looking at, you know. You all right, Leonard? I'm sorry, 100. hold on. You all right, Leonard? Yeah, I am, but my back just started acting up. So oh, okay. As okay. I move some places, it, 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 it goes. I, I apologize for interrupting you, uh, Marvin. Um, <laughs> so, so I, I see, I see an old guy with a, I see an old guy with a gray beard, and he's and he's grimacing. And I have to ask a question. <laughs> hey, I almost so, had to come through the screen, you know, when I saw that look. I thought I said something wrong. Yeah, I know. That's what no, you're talking about. No, it wasn't you. It wasn't you. It was. I, I reached my back a, a while ago. And there are just some days that act up, and this right now is just starting to act up because you know I'm listening to what you're saying. I like what you're doing. Uh, yeah, just keep that data so you could plan for your future events. Uh, uh, I think I know what you were thinking and bringing the advertisement. I mean, other than what's going on now with the with the uh, protests, younger people in that group usually don't come somewhere unless there's a chance to make money or there's some kind of entertainment. So I understand that enhancement. And, you know, hey, go for it, man. Go for it. Just trying to get people... 
Well, I understand yeah, it. To keep yeah, I just go what ahead, my concern ahead, is is that society, and I, I think I see it quite a bit, is that we have a tendency to see someone else do something and we think it's a great idea because we think in our mind it should work. And mm-hmm. a lot of times we don't know if it is going to work and we don't measure our success. So like um, my podcast, I'm going to take my podcast. There was not a whole lot of data available about what I could expect in putting my podcast together. So I thought I'm going to put this podcast together. I've got a, I've got a business plan out there. Um, you know, I'm going to be able to do this. I'm going to be able to do that. I'm going to put this show together. Uh, Warren and I talked about it. I told Warren I wanted to do a cooking show and I wanted to do this kind of show because, you know, I'm thinking um, I'm going to be able to, to, go, to get enough audience to make that happen. I got, so now I have data. And if somebody asks me, what can be my expectations for my podcast if I start today with this material, this material? And I can say to you, you got a camera and you got software and it's you. It will be two to three years before you have 15 to 20 users, listeners on a regular basis. If I've done my podcast for three years, Leonard and Warren came on about a month, a month and a half ago, four or five weeks ago. Um, and, and since they've come on, my listenership has changed. This is, it has more than tripled, but me as an individual, um, what I was doing, I'm still doing what I was doing before. It's just that they've come on and added a different element. That different element has changed the dynamic and it has changed the listenership. Now I got more opportunities. Uh, so they're um, advertising, they're, they're sending out, you know, they're um, pushing out to their people, um, mm-hmm. the podcast. So that means more opportunity to hear. So where before it was just my, th- when I started the podcast, I had 300 friends. I now have 500. So now my 500 people, and probably not all of them see the advertising, but but because of the addition of those two guys, more people can see the podcast and more people are seeing the podcast. So now I under, I can tell people, um, this is what I did, and this is some of the things that you might be able to expect. These are some of the problems that I had. These are some of the successes that I had. And I can help somebody along because I've, I've tracked what I've done and what my success rate has been. That doesn't mean that someone else is going to encounter the same thing. What it simply means is we have some data to try to measure. 
So I will share my data with someone else. And then they can share their successes and failures with someone else so that we create a pool of data so that we understand what the, the success rate and, and, and what can we do to better, because you see all the time, people saying, if you do this, your podcast is gonna be wonderful. But most of the time they're selling it to you. And you can't, and unless you got a lot of money to drop, you can't afford half of that and you don't know if they're, they're legitimate. So my encouragement, exactly. my encouragement to you is track that data so that we start to know what is successful at getting people to register to vote. What is successful at getting people to come out? What is successful to get people engaged with our politicians? Because we need them desperately to be engaged. I think you're doing a wonderful thing, but I want to make sure it's successful and that we're not just doing it. So I agree. I, well, go ahead. I totally agree. I totally agree with that because that's why I want to be able to have like follow-up events. Like one thing that I do want to do, and I'll be able to invite all three of you guys out when well, we'll probably do it virtually first. But I want to do something like where we got something maybe like once a month, you know, we all get a chance to talk, bring, uh, you know, the women out, the men out, the kids out so we can engage in community affairs the way that we used to do it. And then that's where I know I'll be really pushing forth, you know, where, where my numbers are. But that's what I've been looking at towards since I really started my uh, nonprofit is numbers now. Because just like they'll tell you, when you are uh, getting a grant or anything like that, they're looking at numbers. So I start looking at that a lot closer. Mm -hmm. I think this one here was giving me the understanding of, okay, set the, plat set the platform, then after that, start taking down the information and staying more focused in on that. And it's, and it's funny how you, you're speaking to me on this level at this particular time, because it's like, now I'm more astute to that. Any other time it had been like, you know, I'm gonna put on an event and I'm just gonna just get my, you know, get my words out there, get, get what I'm saying out there. It's like when I go back to September, I did a tribute to Wayman Teasdale. And I just wanted to put that out there because me and you know, Wayman were good friends uh, right before he had mm -hmm. passed. And I wanted to do something when it was coming up on his 10th year anniversary of his death. So I just said, hey, you know, I'll be able to do that. So I brought Anthony Bonner in because he played with him. I also had my cousin John King who played the bass. So that was like, that was getting both sides of his life. Then also we spoke about cancer. You know, we started giving out leaflets and different things like that. And uh, being able to have people, I had one of my uh, friends there. She, uh, she's a, a cancer survivor. So she was able to speak and talk about her story, you know. So we, we put a lot of little different things in there to engage with the public. So now, as I start talking about voter registration, I try to put more things in the in on my platform that has a purpose. And this was was perfect. This was perfect. So I, I couldn't do nothing but you know, kind of like say, hey, roll the dice. But not so much saying that I'm not being inquisitive about 
the structure of it, like 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 what you're saying, Leon, that you got to have that data. You got to put things into a structure because you want to see the effectiveness. You want to see the punch. You don't want to see the slap. You want to see the punch of this thing because we do need to move the needle, you know. And I think with all the people that we have involved, myself, the aldermen, the artists, I think that's a good trifecta. And to be effective with everybody, it's like, hey, you know, what kind of music you have? What kind of food you have? Those are some of the things that are going to be the points. But then when we say, okay, you talking about voting now? Hmm. I think about that, you know, in the midst of me eating me a nice meal and listening to some music. So, you know, we're just trying to angle, try to get all the angles that we can touch, you know, pretty mm-hmm. much. So I'm going to... I'm going to throw this question out there to anybody. This is from Sid. And Sid asks, do we think these humongous crises of 2020 have had an impact on voter participation? Anybody want to take on that one? I think it's yet to be seen. Uh, We know a lot of people have protested. We know a lot of people have gotten involved on one side or the other. Uh, we're about to come up on elections. You got the primary elections on Tuesday, and in November you got the actual elections. So it's waiting to be seen how effective this has been had on voting. Uh, will the protesters turn around and become voters? for the protesters that are not voters, okay? So I think we're waiting to be seen, and I think we're waiting for the data to come out, like you said, Leon, just to draw the numbers and see what's effective, what's not. Right, right. You know, yeah. you I, I about agree with you. I'm, just, I'm gonna get out your way, Warren, but I just wanted to agree, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think uh, I would love to see the data on the uh, protesters as far as how many of them are actually going to be politically involved because protesting is one thing, voting is a whole nother subject. So that, uh, what I can say is that I think uh, right now things are even more polarized and a lot of people have just pretty much buckled down in their lane as far as whether, whether they're going to vote and how they're going to vote. But there's talk of uh, some people saying things a little differently now. I think the protest has brought some some things to light and softened some hearts, changed some people's minds about what's going on. And I think that's a minority, though. I think most of them are just pretty much in their lane even tighter now. So I think the people that the non-voters or the people that haven't been voting, those numbers may be critical, so we'll just have to see, you know, how that ha- how that plays out. Yeah, I've I've so so one of the things that has interested me is that um, in the the news um, you see I see quite a bit of you know people showing concern about the current administration. Mm -hmm. And my concern is, does that 
translate to votes. So we had a podcast about cancel culture. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, and, and I made note at that time that I thought a lot of people who were raising Cain weren't registered to vote. I had a concern that they're not a part, they're not actively participating in the system. So they're making all of this noise. They're skewing the results. They're skewing the data of, okay, so we've got, uh, they did a poll and most of those polls are of registered voters. So the, so it's of registered voters. Um, and yet you have other polls that take um, a measurement of um, social media slants and that's reported. You know, Twitter, Twitter says this about what they believe and, and Facebook posts lean this way. Well, without knowing if those people are going to vote, if they're registered to vote, that data really doesn't mean anything. Mm. And so, and well, so was, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I just say a lot of things, a lot of times we coming into elections, they tell you how people are feeling, what they're saying, what they're leaning into. In between elections, a lot of polls are taken saying what people are thinking, what they're leaning into. We never know what the finals are until after the election and the votes have, and the votes have been counted. And then these days, we got a lot of hijinks and shenanigans going on with one party trying to uh, purge voter rolls. They're trying to solicit. They're trying to stop voters of one persuasion or another from voting. Uh, we were talking about this yesterday. They don't want a show of ideas. Put your ideas out. Let me put my ideas out. And whoever wins, wins. We want our ideas to win no matter what. So we get to messing with the laws. We get to messing with the voters so that we can make sure the other side's voters aren't voting and our voters are. We come up with uh, lies about voting fraud, which they said that in the last 30 years, the most it's been is five or 6%, but on a regular basis, it's no more than 1%. But we get up here and we get on these stuff, so it's voter fraud and we gotta stop this. Mm -hmm. And like, I was just happy with what the states did when Trump got in. He couldn't believe that he won the electoral college, but he lost by over 3 million votes. So he started these uh, voter tribunals and voter investigations. And most of the Republican states told him to kiss their butt until he showed his taxes. They're not going to share their voter information with him. So after a month or two of that, he stopped. So, so it's, you know, you won't know anything until after the votes are done, after the election is done and the votes are counted. That's the best final 
answer that we get. Mm -hmm. So, I think so we got to wait. So we got to wait till the election. So, right. I think where you start also seeing something, if you want to be hypothetical, is what you see in the communities right now. Prior to that, you know, I mean, whereas like we stop seeing all the black on black crime. You stop seeing all the things that's going on at this point in time that we know shouldn't be. Because if we're gonna be growing as a community, like we have talked about, you know, in this uh, segment, is that we gotta get our communities back strong because it, it's really like, it's gonna matter about who is in the White House. But I think, you know, our biggest thing is teaching, you know, the voting education, the political education, those things that we gotta keep on doing because just like I said, having the kitchen table talks, sitting out on the porch to about three, four o'clock in the morning is having a, having a discussion, you know, and then we're actually doing something the next day. You know, like if a person is saying, you know, I'm gonna, you know, teach you to, how to fish. So I want you to get up early in the morning. I know you're gonna be tired, but I'm gonna show you how to fish. So that's right. what we really gonna have to do if we wanna be hypothetical. I know we're throwing stuff around, hmm. but in order for us to even make a, 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 a dent in how this thing is going to be for us getting better. Because from that question, there's so many things that's going on right now that we really need to be chin checked. And I'm talking about the whole human race on how we should be better because we got people that's looking at us and they're shaking their heads. You know, people, you know, having an issue about a mask, people, you know, unemployed. People not really understanding that we are a powerful country, but we're letting some of the things that our ancestors fought over and dealt with and 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 succumbed to. And we're talking about over 60 years ago, 70 years ago. And we're coming right back to this, like, oh, okay, well, I'd rather be lazy as a country and not do the things we're capable of doing just because of uh a Confederate flag. Okay, let me we got let me let me push up. for a second. So one of the issues that you brought up was um, brother killing brother, black young black youth killing black youth. Mm -hmm. Okay, the drug the drug epidemic in the black community, which is a part of young black men killing other black men because they're selling drugs. There was no black drug manufacturers. How did the drugs get into the neighborhood for the kids to sell them? There were no black drug distributors. There were no black drug gun makers or black gun makers. I'm not saying white people are responsible for the problem. What I'm saying is it is it is not a good exercise in thought to assume that we're going to solve the problem by telling kids don't kill each other because they're killing each other is a product of things outside the community. And some of those things have to be solved also along with dealing with kids killing other kids. 
So yes, the burden of pulling the trigger is on the hand of the person with the gun, but also putting the gun in the hand of someone who's not responsible enough to know when to pull the trigger. So we can't let other forces off scot-free by blaming only the person that kills the other person. Truth, that's absolute truth. Uh, when we talk, we were talking about the political, the political piece before. Uh, as I was taught, all politics start local and go up. So we got to look at these races for city council as the St. Louis, Missouri, aldermanic races. We got to look at these races for mayor and county executives and then state representatives, state uh, senators, governors, and it goes up to U.S. reps, U.S. senators and presidents. Uh, we got to attack this thing everywhere besides just the local kids shooting kids. In this country, we got a thing about our rights with our guns. And these guns are getting everywhere. And there's a lot of intended consequences. We still got people in our government that after Tailhook Elementary, after Columbine, who still fight for the right for the guns and for automatic weapons. I mean, there are guys, there are teenagers who are able to get automatic weapons that the Israeli army couldn't get to fight wars. And till we stop that and seize that and put some kind of controls on that, we're going to be in the same place that we are. And, uh, and about this black on black crime, out of these police that are brutalizing the minority communities, they're using black on black crime as an excuse to get away with what they're doing. What about black on black crime? You shooting unarmed people and shooting guys in the back has nothing to do with black on black crime. That's just crime in general. Now let's get together, let's fight and solve some of these problems. Why does a 12, 13 year old only see the way for him to get out of poverty, his family out of poverty, is to go sell drugs. You know, who's who's allowing that stuff in the country? Those 12 or 13 year olds don't have control of the border. Who's allowing that stuff in the country? And it was shown so, so long ago that the crack epidemic and the drug epidemic of the 90s, CIA led in the country, I mean, when is our government going to take its place? I don't think we can depend on the government. I, I'm sad to say that, but we've had Republicans in charge. We've had Democrats in charge, and little has changed. At some point, we're going to have to wake up and realize what works and what doesn't. How can you look at the news day in and day out 
and see people dying and not realize the consequences. At some point, people are going to have to take responsibility. You got the constitutional issue with the uh, Second Amendment as far as getting rid of the guns. That's a long uphill battle, and I don't see it changing anytime soon. Drugs have been coming into this country for decades, for centuries, and they're still coming. Who's going to step? How is it going to stop if the government is not going to do it? So let me. Okay. So I understand your displeasure with the government as far as these issues go. But to say that the government is not going to stop it, I think what you mean is the current government is not going to stop it. Because the whole no idea of getting the whole, huh? No past government has stopped it. When has it stopped? So the whole point of getting um, people in office that understand the plight of the people is about turning around government's behavior towards things that are causing communities to deteriorate. If you say that government can't solve the problem, then what you're saying is that voting isn't any good because it's not going to solve the problem. So, so I'm not sure that that's what you want to say. I think what you want to say is we had, we should have better representation and make sure that government is part of the solution and not a part of the problem. Would I be correct? Yeah, you're correct. And the representation comes from people and you need a certain amount of people that vote a certain way to get that representation. Right. And that's and what you're number. saying is that we need to, we need to make sure that representatives that we vote for are understanding the plight of the people and making changes to the system that are going to benefit the system. And I want to get uh, Sid's, uh, you know, he's patient. Um, Sid says the problem with, uh, um, or the a lot of the violence regarding drugs would reduce when legalized. So he says that these disputes exist because there is no legal way to settle disputes in this world. And I, I don't completely agree with that. I think um, I think the the whole point of the legal system of our juris, jurisprudence is to 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 solve. Uh, domestic issues, even national issues. So like um, we could not eliminate torture if we didn't have laws against torture and then had uh, enforcement against torture. So, so I think there are legal ways to resolve, to remedy these issues. And I think uh, government plays a role in the impact of uh, different uh, influences in our society. Um, and he mentioned um, legalizing drugs. And that's been a discussion that we haven't really had in our society. Long time ago, they just deemed um, drugs bad, gave the pharma industry the okay to regulate which drugs uh, they put on the market for a profit and then and then uh, um, uh, criminalize all the other drugs. So in other words, 
um, drugs are acceptable if pharma produces them. And other than that, you can't touch them. And so, um, so that's a discussion that we do need to have. Um, and, and hopefully we will get to, to those discussions, but it, it will come when we get people in office that want to have those discussions because the, because our political system, if, if we don't back our political system, what we're backing is anarchy. That means everybody does what they want to do. Yep. And, well, and, Leon, I will, I, will, I will chime in on this. I'm just going to say this. We need the political system because people uh, bled and died. We've had one of our staunch individuals this past away, John Robert Lewis who did so much for this country and fought to his last breath, you know, to have that as a staple. Now, that practice, well, that process is going to continue to go on because it's going to be people like us who are going to vote. There's going to be people who are not going to vote. But I think the thing is going to come down to this, is that that has to be something that we got to continue to do as a community on how we vote what we do when we get the, the person in there. I mean, it's like, it's one thing to get somebody in there and I'm always about, I'm gonna do what I'm supposed to do because that's a right of mine and that's a power that I have. But the community, you know, I go back to what Leonard was saying, you know, it's these things that we gotta be able to put together as a community. Cause when you talk about black on black crime, when you talk about you know, gun violence or gun rights and different things like that. When that gun gets in your hand, that's a choice. But then also look at it like this too. Look at when they took away jobs and schools and everything out of our communities, like in the in the nineties. And then we expect our kids to be, you know, adequate to the to the county kids. You know, they took a big something away from our communities. You know, when you talk about a company you know, uh, 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 factories and schools, those two things are vital. And when you took those away, you basically then said, now fend for yourself. Now fish with a rope instead of in a pole. And that's what we end up having to do. But what we also did is we let that happen. A lot of us let that happen because we're on, you know, when I go back and I think about when I, I do a lot of black history, and when you stop and think about what some of the uh, ancestors went through, we're not we're nowhere near that. We can vote people in and out. We can go in there and do whatever we need to do, but we choose not to do it because we think our vote ain't gonna work. It ain't powerful enough. But when we stop and think about the last twenty years, and you look at some of these kids out here killing and and doing what they're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Most of them, that is, that is because of a lot of derelict parents in our communities. Mm -hmm. I just have to say that. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to, well, I'm going to, we're, we've hit that, we've hit that one hour mark and, <laughs> and I'm going to, oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to, oh, no. I'm going to give everybody yeah. a chance to one last comment. Please keep it brief. 
under 30 seconds. Okay. If you can, anybody that wants to start can go ahead. I'll tell you what, we'll give our guests, I got, I got we'll give our guests a chance time. first. Marvin, you got something you'd okay. like to say? Okay. All I'm going to say, I'm going to finish up with what you need to know. The another, the another part of us voter registration experience is going to be held on August the 8th. That's at the Polish Heritage Center at 1413 20th Street. If you want to get in contact with me, my number is 314-688-2963. If you want to reach me by email, it's betterroad18 at gmail.com. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-R-O-A-D-1-8 at gmail.com. And I want to thank you guys. I really want to thank you guys for this. And, and, and Leon, trust me, that information is going to be on the docket. As we go in, we're going to be clicking when they come in. We're going to be uh, taking down all kind of data. It's on and popping. It's on and popping. I thank you again from the bottom of my heart. I thank you. I thank you so much. And Warren, man, thank you. Oh, you're welcome, brother. Okay. All right. Anybody else? Yeah, I had one more. Okay, go ahead. ahead, Warren first and then Leonard. You are the data guy, the business guy, Leon. So I want you to show us, is there any data that can reveal if everybody that did not vote, that could vote, voted, what would happen? What would be the changes? How can they, how can they predict that? Because everybody that votes doesn't think uh, the same. Everybody that doesn't vote doesn't think the same. So what do you think would uh, be the outcome? And how different would it be? Okay, so just quickly. Um, so there are several um, news organizations that have compiled the data mm-hmm. about um, what, and in fact, they did it a lot with the 2016 election, the, the one that mm-hmm. uh, Hillary Clinton lost, about the number of people that, who did not vote or who were registered to vote and didn't vote or who were eligible and didn't register. And you can find that data in the news nonstop. They love giving that data out. So I don't retain all of that, but if you do a search on um, registered voters and people registered to vote and what is the likelihood of uh, them swinging an election, trust me, you will find reams of information about potential there. So Leonard, so they, they huh? predicted how these people what? would vote. No, no. They what, they, what they predicted was uh, the possibility of the probability of if they had voted this way, if they had voted that way. So they don't, they don't give them a vote. They say, this is what could have happened if they had voted this way, if they had voted that way. So, right. so they, give you, they give you, they give you so go ahead and Leonard, give your close so we can get out of to here. Answer Warren's que- to answer Warren's question, because that's a good question, a friend of mine that used to work for the governor of Michigan, the mm-hmm. prior governor of Michigan, he said if just the blacks that were registered voters, mm-hmm. the ones that didn't vote, had they voted in Wisconsin against Trump, mm-hmm. had they voted against Michigan against Trump, had they voted in Pennsylvania against Trump, 
had they voted in Ohio against Trump, had they voted in Georgia against Trump, Trump wouldn't be president. That's just the African-American voters in those five states that were eligible to vote and didn't go vote. That's assuming that they were all Democrats and would have voted against Trump. Again, you didn't hear him. He said, if. He if, said, right. if, and that's what he's saying. We talking about, we talking about, we talking, talking about, about possibilities. Voters. I understand. We talking about African American voters in in uh, urban areas that did not go vote. Mm-hmm. If that same amount of people had went and voted against Trump, that voted for Obama, Trump wouldn't be president. Okay. So, so go ahead and give your clothes, check. Running. Yeah. Go, go ahead and give your clothes. Did you have you a chat with each state, with each state and all of their voting? You can look it up for each state. Okay, okay. that's my clothes. Oh, uh, that's your Glenn, clothes? It was nice. It was nice meeting you. Okay. Nice so Sid, Sid, uh, Sid says, um, oh, there's one. Uh, he says, and, and sorry if I am very misinformed as a foreigner. But is it right that a lot of public schools still get their funding through property taxes? How is that possible in a just society? And Sid nailed it on the head. You know, we've, we've, that's one of our arguments. Uh, Sid, yep. we most certainly appreciate you as a foreigner taking an interest, um, even when some people who are local haven't taken an interest. So I want to thank you very much for, for, for joining into the conversation. Great and we do question, appreciate you. It's not right. Just the answer. Way to go see it. Way to go see it. It is not right. So uh, Marvin, thank you so very much. And one of the things I want to invite you back after your, uh, you know, sometime after you've had an event or two and, you know, to see how things have changed for you. And, you know, if you can provide, some additional information that's going to help people make better decisions. So I want to thank everybody. Oh. And we'll see you all next week. Thank you. All right. All right. All right. That concludes this episode, and thank you for listening. This podcast is designed for live listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com slash home for details about how to join the conversation. The video version of Altitude Adjustment is available on YouTube. Search for Lion's Den STL. And the audio podcast is available on Stitcher.com, Anchor.fm, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Look for Altitude Adjustment where you get your podcast and consider making a contribution by visiting Anchor.fm slash Altitude Adjustment 2. Remember, the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes because it matters. As always, be cool, be calm, and above all, be careful. Look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you.